The Lutheran Hour, bringing Christ to the nations. The psalmist wrote, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And Pastor Hector Hoppe adds, There is much more we can do. We are called to wait in action, to wait dynamically. There is so much to do in the kingdom of God. What are we going to do as we wait for the glorious return of Jesus? We are going to show those around us that we have learned something from history, from our history and from the history of salvation. And because of that, we are going to practice mercy. That's today on The Lutheran Hour. Hello, I'm Mark Eicher. Thanks for making this program part of your day, and thank you for your faithful support. Your gifts and prayers help the Lutheran Hour bring Christ to the nations and the nations to the church. Learn more at LutheranHour.org. The Rev. Dr. Hector Hoppe is the speaker for our Spanish-language program, Para El Camino. He was also director of the Hispanic Division of Concordia Publishing House. Dr. Hoppe previously served congregations in Argentina and taught at Concordia Seminary in Buenos Aires. Now with a message titled, between now and eternity, there is much to do. Here is Pastor Hector Hoppe. The word of God for today comes from the letter of St. Jude, verses 20 to 25. And it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless Before the presence of his glory, with great joy, the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. We begin under the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The one who ignores history is condemned to repeat the same mistakes. I have heard these words many times. They sound to me like a warning that I should not ignore what has happened in the past or pretend that it never happened. The letter of St. Jude is based on this idea of not ignoring history. It was written to warn and encourage Christians of his time. And as history repeats itself, the warnings and words of encouragement of St. Jude are relevant to us today as well. In the same way, there is a history of the world with its wars and peace treaties, with its natural catastrophes and devastating pandemics, with fantastic discoveries and incredible accomplishments like reaching the moon and beyond. So also, There is a history of salvation, which is the history of God in this world, 
This history is also the history of the people of God, of the Church, and of each Christian in particular. So, alongside the history of salvation, there is a parallel history of the world where God is not the center. The characters in this world history drift aimlessly, without knowing when and where they will arrive. This is the context from which St. Jude writes to us, to you and to me, because you and I have our own history. These warnings and these words of consolation, encouragement, and hope that St. Jude wrote so many years ago are for you and me. Where do you stand in our history? I'll say that we are at halftime, in an intermission. We are in the present, on the way to eternity. On one occasion, a friend confessed to another, I don't want to die. Oh, don't worry, replied the other. You're going to live forever. The question is, where? Where will we spend that eternity? Those of us who were rescued by the mercy of God are today protagonists in the history of salvation. We are part of the people of God with our faith, our doubts, our sins that annoy us, that hurt others and offend God. However, despite this, we move towards eternity thanks to the divine goodness that in Christ Jesus constantly forgives us and reaffirms us in faith and in the hope of spending eternity with him. St. Jude shows us how to live in this halftime, in this intermission between our history and eternity. St. Jude does that mainly so that we do not make the same mistakes the disobedient people of old did, and so that we live free of guilt and free of fear and anxieties. While we are in this intermission, while you wait, says St. Jude, for God's mercy to be fully manifested at the end of time, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Thus, in order to not repeat the mistakes of the past, we don't just sit down and wait, nor get bored waiting for God to come back once and for all to take us out of this corrupted and sinful world. We are called to wait in action, to wait dynamically. There is so much to do in the kingdom of God. There are so many people in distress, trapped in guilt and despair. There are so many broken relationships that don't find a way to reconciliation. And there are some people that don't even want to reconcile because they have gotten used to being bitter and angry with everyone. 
I do not need to describe the consequences of sin in the life and history of mankind much more. Let us instead concentrate on the active waiting that God proposes so that we are edified in faith, so that we do not remain stagnant like a half-finished building, by keeping ourselves in daily prayer in the study and the meditation of the Word of God, in the teachings of Christ, and especially in His life, death, and resurrection, we can practice all that God expects of us. To encourage us to edify ourselves and remain in the faith, St. Jude focuses us on the moment when our eternity will begin which is the moment when God's mercy will be shown in all its fullness when Jesus returns to take us to his home. Perhaps you have already experienced God's mercy. Perhaps you already live in the peace that comes from knowing that God has forgiven all your sins because of Jesus' sacrifice for you. Perhaps you already hope to spend eternity with God, who is gracious and merciful. If this is the case, we thank God. That is also my faith and my hope. But while we wait, sometimes faith doubts, and mercy is not easily perceived, and the future looks fuzzy, and we become discouraged at seeing so much human misery spinning around us, and sickness concerns us while others hurt us, and we see a lot of uncertainty that worries us. All these things happen to us while we wait. That is why we cannot sit down and wait, because that way we are easy targets for the evil one. Our waiting is active in faith, always walking hand in hand with our Lord Jesus Christ, who, through the Holy Spirit, keeps us on a straight path and confident in his company. What are we going to do as we wait for the glorious return of Jesus? We are going to show those around us that we have learned something from history, from our history and from the history of salvation, And because of that, we are going to practice mercy. Our text tells us, have mercy on those who doubt. Of course, there are those who doubt God and his love, even we ourselves, many times. When we do not see the mercies of God, when we have only ears to hear calamities and eyes to see meanness, deceit, and sin, We doubt that God loves us, or that He can forgive us, or that He even takes interest in us. Doubts did not begin or end with the disciple Thomas, who said, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will not believe. Doubts continue to exist among the people who are part of the history of salvation. Therefore, 
let us have mercy on those who doubt. Remember that the book of Lamentations says in chapter 3, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never come to an end. They are new every morning. When we doubt divine mercy, God opens our eyes to see his love and care in his word, in worship, and often through Christians around us. Surely someone has been merciful to you with your doubts, your mistakes, and your uncertainty. I know about that. I have had, thank God, people who listened to me without judging me and who encouraged me to see the mercies of God that are renewed every morning. St. Jude encourages us to snatch from the fire and to save those who are burning, or worse, those who, if they do not come to repentance and faith, will spend eternity in hell. These words are tremendously moving because we have family and friends who have no hope of seeing God's mercy. St. Jude tells us, do something about it. You know, someone did it for you. And someone did it for me. Perhaps we did not even realize that we were on the verge of falling into the abyss of hell. But God, in His mercy, sent someone to keep us safe. And he did it with the hand of Jesus, a hand that is tender and strong at the same time. It is with the hand of Jesus that we can reach people who doubt and those who are on the path of eternal danger. The final exhortation in our Bible reading today is that we exercise compassion. Can you imagine living without compassion? Without mercy, life would become aggressive, harsh, bitter. St. Jude tells us, To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. He does not say their stained garments meant they were lepers or had some other contagious and deadly disease. What a way to say to us, call sinners to repentance compassionately, mercifully, and in fear, but do not get involved in their sins. Think about how God had mercy on us. He did that when, seeing that we were consumed by confusion and despair, and that our eternal destiny was the fire of hell, he sent his only son, Jesus, to call us to repentance. Christ Jesus showed us his compassion without contaminating himself with our sin. When Jesus was judged and sentenced to death on the cross, he did not die for his own sin because he was always the Holy Son of God who had no spot or sin, but he died for your sin and mine. This is how he rescued us so that we would not spend an eternity away from him. 
to have compassion and to practice mercy is to put yourself in the place of others without getting infected with their sin or their unbelief. What a task God has given Christians to actively wait for God's mercy to manifest itself. How did the early Christians actively wait? How did our parents or those who have brought us to faith wait in action? They looked at Jesus and learned from him how to be merciful, how to rescue sinners without judging them, and how to practice compassion without defilement. Those who did so had in mind these final words of St. Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. The same Jesus, who, making a new history, brought his church here, will continue to guide and care for her until she is received in eternity. What a magnificent Savior we have. He makes us part of his history, and despite our sin, with great joy, he presents us blameless before God the Father so that we may be part of his eternal history. Dear friend, join me in asking God to guide us through life holding Jesus' hand. We pray. Dear Father, we thank you for rescuing us from sin and eternal death. You are an awesome God, and we recognize you as the Lord of heaven and earth and of time and eternity. Keep us in the true faith that we might actively wait for Jesus' second coming, practicing mercy among those around us. In the precious name of our Savior Jesus, Amen. You're listening to The Lutheran Hour. For free online resources, archived audio, our mobile app, and more, go to lutheranhour.org. Now here's Lutheran Hour speaker, Dr. Michael Ziegler. Thank you, Mark. I am visiting today with Reverend Hector Hoppy, whose voice you just heard in the message today. Thank you for being here with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your word. I like that idea and, and image of active waiting. That's a, for this last Sunday of the church year. That's a good thing to keep in mind, to wait actively. And also joining us is Reverend Hoppy's wife, Beatrice Hoppy. B, where were you born? I was born in Uruguay, in Montevideo, the capital city. Yeah. Uh, so we are a very small country, but with a big heart and a beautiful country, I must say. Not that I am biased, but yeah, beautiful Big country. heart, beautiful country. Hector, where were you born? I was born in uh, Argentina. What is something that you grew to appreciate about your home country and culture, Hector? 
there are too many things. I spent 40 years in my country. So I was born, raised, educated, and trained as a pastor. I did my first work in the church being a pastor. And uh, I was born in a, a Lutheran family. My dad was a pastor. So that, that part of my history in that country is very strong. If you haven't been there, uh, it's called the country of the five continents because we have rainforest, big mountains, snow, glaciers, ocean, deserts, and you name it. It is beautiful by itself, and uh, I'm part of the history of that country. Forty years there, you said, yes. before moving to the United States. Yes. All right. And B, you were, what is something that you grew to appreciate about Uruguay? Mainly the people. Uruguay is a very European country, just like Argentina. Hector grew up in a German household. I grew up in a Spanish-Italian household. Okay. okay, so totally different. All right. From yes, our backgrounds are totally different. <laughs> it just so happened that God had different plans than we had in our minds. He, okay? he brought you two together. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, totally unexpected yeah. and, you know. And then together you went on this journey to come to the United States. Hector, what was something difficult for you in that transition coming to a new culture? Well, guess what? Language. <laughs> we had an experience uh, some years before we came to live when I studied in Fort Wayne. Uh, and I remember the struggle of learning another language. B, what was something that was difficult for you in um, addition to the language? I think, no, not so much the language. I had been here when, as an exchange student when I was 17, so I had pretty much learned it. But more relationships, I think. Our cultures are very warm, very... Very um, relationship. Festive. Huh? Festive. Yes, relationship-oriented. <laughs> and we are very open, and we know somebody, and we become friends very easily, and we open up, <clears throat> and we share <clears throat> life very easily. Now, having said that, we came here with the support of the church, and we, we were immersed in the church here. So our experience is totally different from... 99% of the other immigrants that come to this country, right, that don't have a support system. Our support system was huge. Sure. And we are thankful for that, yeah. right? But on a personal level, that's, that's I think, what, what I miss the most. Yeah. yeah. See, this, this, is, this is very interesting for immigrants. Uh, this is what the church does to you. It becomes your family mm -hmm. and your friends. That's why, you know, it... it, it Gives you a hint on how to do your ministry among immigrants of, of from of any kind. Well, thank you both for sharing some of your your history, your, yeah. your struggles, your challenges, and that that's exactly what you spoke of in the sermon today, Hector. Of this history and our history as God's people, as you mentioned, is unique. It is centered on God and what He's done in Jesus yeah. Christ, and yeah. and that's what you two have made your lives about sharing that that history of salvation True. with others. Beatrice, you work with us on staff here at Lutheran Hour Ministries to produce Spanish language ministry yep. resources. And Hector, also you're involved. Mm -hmm. Why are you passionate about Spanish language outreach? I think that I am well positioned to do what I'm doing because I live in both cultures. I can live in both cultures and kind of understand both cultures. And I see the need that there is 
in the Hispanic population here in the States for Christian resources that can help them, first of all, have a relationship with Christ, which is the most important thing, and second, live better lives. We can assume that most of the Hispanics that are here come from a Catholic background, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that they go to church. That doesn't mean that they have a very active faith life, but it does mean in most of the cases, especially in the Hispanic Catholic Church, that they don't know what the Bible says. They don't know that God has an answer for the daily life. They don't know that the Bible speaks to them as persons, to them as husband mm-hmm. and wives, to mm-hmm. their daily struggles, to them raising kids. They don't know that the Word of God is a living thing. Mm. That yeah. can affect and change their lives for the better. And Hector, you're carrying on a long tradition with Lutheran Hour Ministries of voicing a, a Spanish sermon. That's, That's right. something that Lutheran Hour Ministries mm-hmm. had done for 30 years through Dr. Andrew Melendez. He yes. was the Spanish speaker of the Lutheran yes. Hour. Yeah. Now you're carrying on that tradition. We have a weekly sermon in Spanish that you voice. For me, sharing God's God's love and, and compassion is, is a way of life. I cannot imagine another life, a different life than that. So I have um, a special interest in the immigrants of any kind, not only Spanish, because they are uprooted. They come, especially the new ones. Man, they need a country. They need family. They need somebody. And God is the first somebody there. And we need to help them to to find a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Beatrice was saying. They don't have that. They don't remember. They don't acknowledge that God can be there uh, every time for them. So it fulfills my life to be able to fulfill their lives with the love of Christ. As you said, we don't sit down and wait. We cannot. No, while we're no, waiting no. for Jesus to come, it's an active yeah. waiting, a waiting by showing people mercy and compassion. So, Thank you both for what you do, and mm-hmm. God bless you as you continue thank in you. that, gr- that good work. Me. Yeah. Now Dr. Hoppe invites us to join him in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give you the peace. Que el Señor te bendiga y te cuide. Que el Señor haga resplandecer su rostro sobre ti y tenga de ti misericordia. Que el Señor alce su rostro sobre ti y ponga en ti paz. Amén. 
This has been a presentation of Lutheran Hour Ministries.